ever just have a problem that just won't seem to go away? You try and you try to get rid of it, but it just keeps coming back. You ever experienced that? Uh, dads, I'm not talking about that 25-year-old son who's still living in your basement, just for the record. I'm talking about a nagging concern that just keeps showing up and you feel like you've got knots in your stomach. Uh, an issue that oftentimes is disguising itself just behind some thought, some problem, uh, even problems that are outside of our role. We call those knots anxiety, worry, fear. And I want us to ask the question this morning of how does a mature follower of Jesus Christ respond to anxiety? How do we respond to that? How do we deal with that kind of fear? Uh, a few years ago, I was placed in a, a unique situation. And I'll spare you the details, but uh, I was and I was in charge of a particular team, and, and there was a problem that needed to be dealt with. And everything we had tried wasn't working, and, uh, and so I, I really felt like I needed a decision. And I'm a leader. That's what you do when you lead. You make decisions, right? Well, I, I thought I had checked every box on the list before making that decision, and I I made it, I found out that I hadn't. I found out through an email from my boss, letting me know in sum that he thought I had really blown it. And that when he got back from a week vacation, we were gonna have a conversation. Gulp, right? I was in the doghouse in an environment that your job depended on whether or not you trusted. So how do you think I responded? Well, I'd like to be able to tell you this morning, I was the picture of perfect peace. I was calm, I was cool, I was collected. I figured, you know what, there's nothing I can do about this until he gets back, so I'll just put that on the back burner. Unfortunately, if I told you that, that would be a bold-faced lie. <laughs> I was worried. I was anxious. I was wondering if I was going to have a job in two weeks. Let's get my resume together, you know? I was wondering if I did have a job, would I not have my boss's trust? Would it be worth working there still? I was wondering whether I could blow it, you know? And most of all, I was wondering, how was I going to explain myself when he got back? And for two weeks, I wrestled with controlling my mind and my pushback against anxiety. And it left me exhausted and spent emotionally, mentally, and physically. Have you been there? Those knots, experiencing those kinds of sleepless nights of anxiety, or worse? I think many of us have. Some of us experience it, in fact, all the time. 
disguise it by saying that it's a, it's a mother's job to worry, right? Or we might, uh, you know, just say with business, it comes with the territory, right? You know, you're just bound to get an ulcer somehow, so, you know, this might as well be it. We can disguise it, write it off. Some of us don't even realize actually how anxious we are because we have never known the depths of peace to realize the heights of our anxiety, that we are running very high level of anxious worry. And in all honesty, we can be worried about anything. We can get anxious about anything. And some of us, I think, be anxious about everything, <laughs> from how we look to if we're going to get there on time to what's happening in the news with North Korea or whatever, right? Any of us can face seasons or habits of being anxious. So how do we deal with that? How do we respond to that? There may very well be a physical uh, response needed, a psychological response needed, but the level of your heart, at the level of your soul, every day, day in, day out, how do we respond? I want to show you this morning what I hope is a, a clear and a helpful answer to that question. And we're going to look at it from the book of Philippians that we've been uh, looking at a couple times here. Now, this is actually our third time looking at this letter from the Apostle. Paul was an actual person, okay? And he writes this letter probably while he is imprisoned in Rome around 60 AD. And he wrote this letter to a group of Christians. Uh, and in the past, at how he describes a mature follower of Jesus Christ as somebody who is consumed with the desire of being with Jesus. And then we looked at uh, this call, this invitation uh, to follow in the example of that same desire. And now Paul's going to go ahead and he's going to apply that truth to some ethical situations in our life, and he's going to show us how we can respond. Uh, it's as if he's saying, all right, you want to follow Jesus more than anything? Then this is what it looks like. This is what it's going to look like in your everyday world. And one of the issues that he addresses in this uh, chapter 4 here is the issue of anxiety, of worry. Um, but in each of these six issues, actually overall, that he addresses here— uh, and, and showing how a mature follower of Jesus Christ can respond, we can see that overall there's this one insight that really surfaces. God's presence redefines our response. God's presence, it redefines our response. So take a look at this with me. In Philippians chapter 4, beginning, we're going to just zero in on one of these says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, that's talking to God about what you need, prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, your request be made known to God, and the God uh, of peace, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Anxiety here, 
describing it, a harassing, nagging care out of fear. In fact, the word here, anxiety, the picture that this word has attached to it is being pulled apart, which I think is fairly appropriate to the way we oftentimes feel dealing with anxiety. But this word here, this is not a trivial issue to Paul. It's not a trivial issue to most of us either, right? This is an important piece. And what Paul lays out here is how we can respond to this issue. And what he lays out first is our response is redefined by being with Jesus. And that's why in all these verses, actually throughout this whole section here, he brings us back up. He talks about in verse 2, he says, agree in the Lord. And in verse 4, he talks about in the Lord. It says the Lord is near as being the reason for being reasonable in verse 5. It says make your request known to God in verse 6. The peace of God guards us, and the God of peace will be with you. And then finally in verse 13, he brings up, he talks about God is us, right? It's the presence of Jesus that changes our reaction. So how does a mature follower of Jesus Christ respond to being anxious? Starts here. Starts with this here. That God's presence redefines our response. God's presence redefines our response. Now, we'll deal with God, how God's presence practically makes a difference in the moment. But first, I want us to face our real problem in this passage. If you're new, you know, to this whole faith thing, and you heard this passage... I bet you it stuck out to you like a But if you're like me, you know, you grew up in the church, you've been around here for a long time, you probably glazed right over it. But as I was studying this passage, uh, it really kept showing up to me. And, and I'm telling you, it is what we need to see. It kept catching my attention. And what it was, was that Paul is constantly using these general, broad-spectrum terms. Right? He's calling us to rejoice in the Lord always in verse 4. He says, let your reason everyone in verse 5. Then in uh, these verses specifically that we're looking at, he says, be anxious about nothing but in everything. Or in verse 8, he says, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, think about. And then finally, in the verse 12, he says, in every circumstance, do you hear it? Do you hear how huge of a call that is? We can avoid being anxious about some things, but nothing, right? This call is unique. And as I was studying this passage, this kept bothering me. Into you know, kind of understanding it, and let's how you know, how do we live it out? You know, how do we apply this thing practically? Let's get down to nuts and bolts. But I kept feeling like something was missing, and then dawned on me it was reality. I don't know about you, but as I hear this passage, what runs through my mind and my heart is this, this sounds great. I would love to never worry again, but reality seems to be really far from that at least in my world. And it's not just in these verses here, is it? As you read the scriptures, we hear this call a lot. We hear a call to pray at all times, to love everyone, to respect everyone, right? 
feel like we're sinking. <laughs> Everyone, always, all the time, overwhelmed. Overwhelmed. And there is a huge gap between what my experience is and what the Bible says to do. And I'm guessing you've been there. You've been there too. Overwhelmed by what the Bible is us to do. In fact, this might even be why you left the church. Maybe you just wrote yourself a pass and you stayed, but this might be why you even left the church. You saw the everything calls and you eventually realized you can't do it. And all these other people around you, they couldn't do it either. So you said, this is a bunch of hypocrisy, and you walked out the door. Friends, I'm here to tell you this morning. But Jesus did. You and I can't, but Jesus did it. That whether you are just starting a relationship with Jesus, just starting to trust him, or you've been a Christian your whole life, for us, that there's a huge difference between what the Bible calls us to and what our experience is, even with our best efforts. In fact, the gap was so big that it required God himself to not only forgive all but to fulfill everything that was right on our behalf to bridge that gap that we could never fill. He doesn't just do that one time at the beginning of our relationship with him, but in every moment after. This is what Pastor Brian is consistently bringing us back to, that the gospel isn't just, you know, what is for us at the beginning or whatnot. It is the A to Z of Christianity. It is what brings us every step away. So that now... As we read these passages and hear this call to be anxious about nothing, we follow in the train of what Christ has already accomplished on our behalf. So that, yes, we do this as the Apostle Paul said about himself, but we continue to do this because Jesus did this perfectly on our behalf. That as we now follow him, we enjoy the present benefits of contentment, joy, peace, reasonable. Friends, this is gospel. This is good news that turns these everything passages that are impossible from an accusation of guilt that we're not, which is absolutely true, to a beautiful invitation from God that says, but my son, Jesus, is. So now we can enjoy <laughs> Even as imperfect people, the presence of God is here in the midst of our problems. So friends, then it's, our to, it's to our advantage to follow. That's amazing. Great news. It's an amazing invitation to a unique response, right? And I realize that some of you probably grew up thinking and being taught that you had to earn this, right? But that's not the case. If you trust in Jesus, then each of these passages becomes an encouragement to your soul. And, and I encourage you, search the scriptures. See for yourself. Engage in conversation with people here. I'm telling you, this is the invitation you will find. 
And so then that becomes our foundation as we move through this passage. That God's presence, it has redefined our response. And it continues to. And we can now see this. So let's take a look at the other part of this insight. I want to ask it in this way. What is our redefined response then? What is our redefined response? Well, from this passage, what we can see, response is thankfulness, right? We can see this again and again throughout the Bible. And in our lives, God reshapes things, and he's oftentimes reshaping our reaction to being thankful, rather than grumbling, rather than fear, right? To being thankful. And what I want to point out is that Paul doesn't pit anxiety right against peace. There's something before it, right? Instead, the opposite of feeling anxious here is being And peace is the result of that. Peace is the result of that. Look at verse 6 with me again. Do not be anxious about anything, but, so in contrast, not a quick fix, but in contrast, everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. The opposite of an anxious life is a thankful prayer, letting God know what you need. And let's, I think, um, even especially with anxiety, we all just see the problem. And what do we want? What do we want when we look at our problems? We want it to go away, right? We just want it gone. If it goes away, then we're thankful, right? Then we're happy. And if it doesn't, we're anxious, we're worried. But this verse doesn't make any promises about our problems. Instead, it speaks to an unconditional response to problems, response to how we're feeling. Uh, As I was preparing this message, I I called up a close friend of mine who uh, is also a pastor, and he's definitely in his own uh, personal life. He grew up with uh, a set of parents who were, they were warriors to a core, uh, they, uh, you've heard of like, you know, checking the locks, you know, and so forth before you go out on vacation. Well, they would check in the windows and everything in their house, not just once, not just twice, but four times before they left. A couple of the teenagers in the room are starting to look at their dad right now, you know. Uh, right? I mean, they did that with everything, and it left an impression on him that he's had to deal with. And from the outside, you know, this guy looks as cool as a cucumber, all right? You you would never know the kind of internal battles that he's faced. Passing this passage with him, one of the first things that he told me was, John, don't tell them that this passage is like a take two pills and you're good to go kind of thing. To which I'm thinking, great, I'm so glad I entitled this message a prescription, right? I should have made this call sooner. He said, instead, help them to see these verses as a doorway through the wall of anxiety. Everyone wants God to just take away their problem, wall away. And they think that then they wouldn't be anxious anymore. When God wants to use their problems, their weaknesses, to draw them to himself and to give them peace in the midst. 
Friends, this is the example of how a mature follower of Jesus Christ responds. He's not looking for a quick fix. He's looking to be with Jesus. No matter what, he's going to respond no matter what, trusting him for the peace to follow. This kind of thankful worship is a tool that's available to a follower of Christ, but it's not easy. Uh, about a or two years ago, something like that, I came across an article by Louis Giglio uh, who was sharing from his experience with an extreme case of anxiety. He wrote this. He said, one day in 2008, uh, Louis awakened, folded upright in bed, sweat beaded on his forehead, his heart pounding like a piston. He got up, rinsed his face with cool water, and tried to walk it off. It didn't work. As daylight streamed through the window, he still felt haunted by a dark cloud of dread. Then over the subsequent barrage of bewildering symptoms, convulsions, numbness, blurred vision, and intense pains. Months of doctor's visits and tests revealed no psychological problems. The diagnosis? Depression. Anxiety. A lot of people might hear what I went through. I didn't just pray more, quote more scripture. We did all that. But when you're decimated emotionally and physically, you're not operating at full capacity. The tipping point came a few months into this. I had a string of 2 a.m. wake-up calls where I fear and dread. One night, it came, and I was in tears. I just lifted up very feeble hands to God. I said, I can't do this anymore. You've got to help me. Please help me. And the Holy Spirit brought a scripture to my mind from Job. Songs in the night. That uncorks something in my mind. So I said to God right then, I've been to six doctors, I'm taking medication, things aren't changing. You haven't healed me yet, but I know that you're a healer. That brought sanity to me in that moment. And I said, if you give me sing it. And the song he gave me was out of the Psalms. Don't be downcast, oh my soul. Put your hope in God. So I came up with a little melody and started singing these lines to God. Be still, my soul, there is a healer. His love is deeper than the sea. His mercy his arms, a fortress for the weak. I'm just saying that over and over that night and all through that night. The sun came up and I struggled that day too. I went to bed that night knowing that 2 a.m. was coming, and it did. But when it came that night, I had a song at that night, at that cloud of dread above me. That was the pattern for a few weeks until there was finally all song and no cloud. Anxiety and depression is still around. It will probably always be there, but it doesn't dominate my thinking anymore. It doesn't intimidate like it used to. I just thank God that worship is a weapon. I'm grateful to doctors. I always encourage people if they need psychological help to please get it. But worship was the key to getting me through that situation. And it went on to say that it was as if God is saying, this is a story of your adequacy. This is going to be a story of my sufficiency. Friends, God's presence in our life redefines how we even to anxiety. And it's not always a quick fix. It might not even be the solution that we want. Our problem may not even go away. But in the midst, God is calling you and I to follow matter what. And in big or small, we have opportunities to choose thankful worship as a doorway in the midst of the wall of our anxiety. That God opens up to us so that we can respond differently. Not in some kind of superhuman 
way, but in a way that recognizes the sufficiency of God. So, then, how do we practically move from God's presence in the midst of our anxiety to engaging in thankful enjoying God's peace? What could that look like? What could that look like? I want to encourage you with a bit of a challenge. Over the next seven days, I want to throw out this challenge to you. To try to outthink your anxiety. Outthink your anxiety. Every time you begin to feel anxious, to remember it doesn't have control over you. Otherwise, God wouldn't have said to not be anxious, right? So to remember it doesn't have control over you. And God about what you're feeling anxious about. And then, praise him. While thanking him, right? Recognizing his sufficiency. Strive to thank God more than what you're listening to, that nag of anxiety. Write lists, you know? Make your thankfulness uh, known to somebody else. Uh, Keep pushing back against anxiety with the greatness of God. And practically, this is how God is the problem to draw you to himself. And this may not be all of your solution, right? This may not be all of your solution, but it should be a piece of it. When my boss uh, got back from vacation, it was still three agonizing days until we finally met. And uh, before we met, an elderly woman in our church, who attended the same church that we did, sent me a card with the Bible verse that said the same thing from Joshua 1.9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I cried when I... (laughs) I still get emotional even thinking about it. That God knew what I needed in that moment. He needed to remind me of his presence. I folded it up. I put it in my back pocket as I went into that meeting. (laughs) And you know, all the prayer and all the pushing back against anxiety for those two weeks, holding, trying to hold on to peace, it was worth it. Because within five minutes, I was completely vindicated for the choice I had made. <laughs> Friends, we get so oftentimes worried and anxious about something that never even happens. So many times, that's where we're at. And if we can learn to focus on the presence of God and allow that to be the tool that redefines how we respond, then we can become consumed with the fact that he has done already and what he's already taken care of for us and how he has already paved the way in everything. That then we can respond with thankful prayer, letting God know what And then whatever happens, in big or small ways, we can truly experience a peace that is beyond understanding because our response has been redefined by the presence of God. Amen? Let's live into that invitation. Let's pray. God, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for the ways that you have come through for us this week. You have come through in mighty ways and in small ways that we will never even know about. And we thank you, 
celebrate those things, trusting you, trusting in your will for our lives. So Lord, we commit ourselves afresh just into your hands, Lord, knowing that you have a good plan and that you will take care of us all the way through to the very end of our lives, that you've promised to be with us. If we've put our trust in you, that, that promise is ours. And so we, we live into that promise today and we sink ourselves right there and we Help us this week as we feel those anxiety and worry and fearful thoughts that come our way. As we feel all of that, and we see all that, would you help us, Lord? Help us to put our trust in you afresh by thanking you for being your greatness. Amen.